0: to Esther chapter 4, we're continuing our series today. Uh, as we continue, let me, let me highlight a couple things for you. Uh, our Tablescapes Missions event is just one week from Saturday now. Uh, we still need a few hosts. Uh, you can sign up for that in the foyer. And also, um, if you want to buy tickets to the dinner, everything from that uh, evening will go to help us build a church in China. So we'd love for you to come be part of that. And then tonight is SOAK. Um, I want to make a special invitation to you for that, because in um, January, we did our uh, time of annual fasting and our breakthrough uh, series, our breakthrough uh, theme, but there's more work that God wants to do, and the way that we sort of, ah, for lack of better terms, fast all year long, or pursue God all year long to keep going after Him, to keep seeking Him, to keep pursuing Him, to keep our spiritual life alive, to keep our passion flowing, uh, is Soak. And so I'd love for you to be here tonight at 5.30 as we share that time together. If you've never been to Soak, it's free-flowing. We don't do a sermon or an offering or announcements or anything like that. It's just a very open time of praise and worship and prayer uh, and ministry. And so I'd love for you to come and join us tonight. Now today we're continuing our series called Breaking Point. Uh, this is the second message. If you didn't get the first, I'd encourage you to go to iTunes and, and catch up on that. We talked about faith in the furnace. Um, the tagline of this series is faith in real time. So here's what a breaking point is. A breaking point is not so much a moment of great faith. A breaking point is more often a, a crossroads. It's a moment where faith is made. It's a moment where we come into an intersection and we have this pressure and this idea of are we going to believe God or not? Are we going to trust God or not? And that becomes a catalyst for, uh, for greater faith in the future. See, we don't, we, don't have the, um, we don't have the liberty of living in hindsight. We, we don't live in the past. We don't live in the future. We live right now. And so what we're doing in this series is kind of zooming in up really close to characters in the Bible, people who really lived, who really whose, whose stories are written down for us. We're zooming in really close so that we can see what that moment looks like and, and and learn from that moment. We don't have the luxury of hindsight. We live our faith in the frame of now. We live our faith in the frame of real time. And so I wish we could have the wisdom of looking back and then applying that now but we but we don't we have to we have to make decisions about today today and so that's really what the series is so we've all had those moments where we've been taken by surprise everybody's had that feeling the phone rings or someone pulls you aside you can tell by the tone of their voice something's different Your heart's beating faster. You can start to feel it in your stomach. Everything's about to change. And within seconds, a new reality unfolds that will totally define your future. Maybe it's good news. Maybe it's that job offer that you've always dreamed about. Maybe it's a a son or daughter, a child who's come back to faith. Maybe it's bad news. Maybe it's a loved one's been tragically killed or perhaps you've received a terrible health diagnosis. Either way, you can sense... This is no ordinary moment. This is a breaking point. Now, before we read Esther chapter 4, I want to give you the backdrop so you can understand the story and the characters. This is exactly what Queen Esther must have felt when she got a message from her cousin, Mordecai. At the time, all the Jews were living under the control of Xerxes. Maybe you can remember that by thinking of him as Jerxes. Anyway, that's how I read the Bible. Jerxes, the powerful king of Persia... He was temperamental and egotistical. And just to give you a small taste of this king's mentality, he once had all of his royal uh, engineers design and plan and build a bridge that connected Europe and Asia together. But before any of his soldiers could use it and take advantage of it, a huge storm came and blew the thing away. Well, he was so mad by this that he called immediately for, for all, the, um, all the royal engineers to be, to be called in and executed. They were executed by being beheaded because the storm blew the... You know, you can clearly see the connection and the logic in that because the storm blew the bridge away. He was so mad at the ocean and the sea that he sent the soldiers out into the middle of the water and demanded that they give the ocean 300 lashes. So so they went out and started beating the water to teach it. And then then he sent soldiers into the water with shackles to throw shackles out into the water to imprison the ocean. And finally he had them go out with red hot pokers and stab the waves to teach the water a lesson. So just, just so you know who you're dealing with. Somebody's a little cray cray. Needless to say, people were afraid of him. He even had his queen banished because she refused to dance in front of his drunk friends. Which, by the way, is how Esther became queen. Not sure I'd want to be next. At any rate, King Xerxes chose her because she was very beautiful, but he didn't know that she was Jewish. Which he, being Persian, would have been a real problem had he known it. Now, in my view, the story of Esther is one of the greatest stories in the entire world. You can read the whole story in, uh, in the book of Esther. And, and it's an incredible story, as good as any you'll see on film anywhere. So, there are four main characters, and I just want to give you a little bit of the detail, not the whole story, but some of the detail, so that we can see where Esther's breaking point came from. There are four main characters. You've already met three of them. Esther, Esther's cousin, Mordecai, and then king, king Xerxes. There's one last character that sort of makes the story work. His name's Haman. Now, Haman's an angry man. He's filled with hate. He hates the Jews. He hates Mordecai. He works out a complicated plan to manipulate the king into issuing a decree to execute all the Jews. Pretty much, just so you'll understand what we're talking about, Pretty much, he has devised a plan that will enact genocide on on the Jewish race uh, in Persia. So there's only one faint hope for the Jews, one tiny little shred holding them from extermination. It's Esther. By this time, Queen Esther. Now, as you can imagine, being queen didn't give her automatic influence. The king still kept his harem and nobody was allowed to approach or address the king without him calling for you or you would be put to death. Remember how volatile this guy is. So Mordecai, Esther's cousin, sends a message to her now that she's queen. He tells her, Haman has devised this plan to execute us all. And he's grieving and mourning. So Esther sends this Uh, message back we kind of get in Esther chapter 4 we get a little bit of their dialogue look at verse 11 with me all the king's officials and all the people of the royal provinces this is Esther talking to her cousin because he's basically writing saying do something and here's her answer all the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned the king has but one law guess what that is that they be put to death unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go see the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. So he says, Do not think that because you're in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will rise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish, and who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. So Mordecai is basically saying, You are the only one that can do anything about this. And at this point, nobody knows that, Jewish is, uh, that Esther is Jewish except Mordecai. She's torn in between. Is she going to hide? And let all her people die? Or is she going to risk her own life for the chance that they might all die anyway? What's she going to do? There it is. So Mordecai says to her, maybe this is why you're queen. Maybe this is why you're in the position you're in. Maybe this is why all of this happened. You thought it was for saving yourself, but maybe you've been put in this position to save your people. Maybe God put you there for such a time as this. And there's the moment. There's the breaking point moment. So, what does Esther do? She realizes she needs more strength than she's got. So she falls back on the power of prayer and she calls the entire Jewish nation to fast and pray with her. And and after the end of that fast, she resolves to face the king. Now I don't know if you can feel the cliffhanger moment that this is. She resolves to face the king with no promise of the outcome. She comes to the breaking point. She places all her trust in God. Now look at Esther 4, 15 and 16, a little bit further in the same chapter. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. <laughs> Don't fast for you. Fast for me. Because if I die, you all die. Fast For me, because if this mission's not successful, we're we're all done. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it's against the law. And look at these words. And if I perish, so be it. And if I perish, I perish. Now, I wish we had time to tell the entire story. What an absolute cliffhanger Except for this isn't a movie and this isn't a story that somebody wrote in an in a author's room, a writer's closet somewhere. This actually happened. Esther was a real person. Mordecai was real. The king was real. Haman was real. All of this was real and was about to happen. I don't know about you, but I would love, love, love when I get to heaven to talk to Esther and Mordecai. Like, walk me through that. Tell me the stuff that wasn't in the book. The stuff that's not in the book of Esther. Tell, tell, me, tell me what that looked like. So Esther is promised. She dresses up. She goes in to see the king unannounced. Can you imagine what that moment was like? Life or death is hanging in the balance, but either way, it's too late now. You imagine how long she must have stood at the door, cleared her throat, wrung her hands, wiped the sweat from her palms, walked in. Once you you interrupt, it's life or death. It's too late and it'll be over quickly. So she steps into the door for reasons maybe only God knows. He waved his scepter and he allowed her in even though it was against the law. She told him about Haman. She told him that she was Jewish. She laid everything on the line. She told him about the plan to kill the Jews. Xerxes was so enraged, he took Haman out, the one who was trying to get all the Jews killed. Haman had already built gallows to execute all the Jews on. The king took Haman out and hung him on the gallows that were built to hang the Jews. Now imagine the ironic turn in this story. So I want to give you this morning, if you have something to write with, I want to give you two simple truths about breaking points. Here's the first one. Breaking points require risk. Breaking points require risk. There's one little word in that story that really, really, really bothers me. It keeps me awake. It scares me, it frustrates me, it shakes me, it challenges me. One little bitty, itty word that changes the whole story for me, it's the word maybe. Maybe God has put you here for such a time as this. Then again, maybe not. Maybe. I like certainly. I like almost always. I like without a doubt. I don't like maybe. But what i found is usually the greatest moments of faith are surrounded with a giant helping of maybe. Maybe. Esther had no promise of the outcome if she spoke to the king, but she knew the outcome if she didn't. In 1925, in Nome, Alaska, school children were dying on a daily basis. And back in those days, there's no way to get medicine to them. Planes uh, weren't around in that day, accessible. There were no boats because everything was frozen. So many while, miles away, boats couldn't get there. There's no snowmobiles. There's no snow machines. None of that stuff's been invented in 1925. Uh, so they decided the only way they could get the medicine to the kids was to to take uh, run dog sleds from Fairbanks, Alaska, to Nome, Alaska, 684 miles. And all of America was kept up on this through newspapers and through the media of the day. It was very complicated. The medicine had to be kept cold, but it couldn't be frozen. And so they devised a plan. They created a chain of dog sleds. It took 20 different teams to hand that medicine off like a baton, like a relay race, to hand that medicine off to get 684 miles. One team would wait at the checkpoint and receive the medicine from the other and protect it and make sure it was at the right temperature. It was cool, but it wasn't going to freeze. And they would travel day and night without stopping. One man's leg of the journey led him over a lake that he wasn't even sure was entirely frozen. But he knew if he took the longer route around the mountain that more children would die. So he decided to risk it. He decided to do the maybe. And he decided to go over the water. And he made it that night, and he made it through the water, and he made it to the checkpoint, and he passed that serum off so the children would live. 128 hours later, the medicine arrived in Nome, Alaska that saved many, 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 many children, but here's one thing I know about that trip, here's one thing I know about Esther's life, and here's one thing I know about breaking points. They require a lot of maybe. There's a lot of risk. There's a lot of I don't know. There's a lot of could be. There's a lot of probably is. There's a lot of I'm not totally sure. There's a lot of maybe this is what God's doing. Maybe this is what God's doing. You ever have that moment? I'm not. Maybe this is what God. Maybe, maybe, maybe God is going to use all this somehow. I don't know if you've kept up with the news recently. You probably are aware and have been saddened, as most of the world has, by um, Kayla Mueller's death. She's the girl who uh, some of the people in ISIS uh, took and killed her. She's a very strong Christian girl. She was a witness to the end. And I've got a quote from her last letter that she wrote to her family, and I'm going to put it on the screen, I want you to see the words that she wrote in the middle of her maybe. I remember mom always telling me that all in all, in the end, the only one you really have is God. I've come to a place and experience where in every sense of the word, I've surrendered myself to our creator because literally there was no one else. And by God and by your prayers, I have felt tenderly cradled in free fall. Now, now, that, now that's a breaking point. That's faith in real time. That's not hindsight. That, that's now. That's here. That's in your face. That sounds like if I perish, I perish. But I'm going to take a step of faith. I'm going to let this breaking point make me Or break me. Faith. Did you hear those words? Faith is being tenderly cradled in free fall. I've never heard that sentence in my life. Tenderly cradled in free fall. If I perish, I perish. But if I perish, I perish in the arms of God. I perish taking the step forward that I think I should take. We sang that song a minute ago. I'm not going back. Moving ahead. Boy, it's easier to sing than it is to do, isn't it? It's easy to celebrate. But boy, when the moment of pressure comes, when the moment of heat comes, it's tough to make that choice. Faith in real time. Breaking points require risk. Here's the second thing. Breaking points reveal destiny. Mordecai had a feeling it was true. You know, Esther wasn't queen by accident in his estimation. In Esther chapter 4... Verse 14, we read it a minute ago, but I want to zero in on one phrase that Mordecai said that reveals faith. For if you remain silent in verse 14, at this time, Mordecai's is talking to Esther, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you've come to royal position for such a time as this. Do you see that? For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. That is, that is, a, that is a statement of absolute certainty. God's going to work this thing out. So Mordecai believes God will deliver the Jews somehow in some way. Now last week I gave you a definition of faith that I want to build on this week. Last week I said to you, faith is not believing God will, faith is believing God can and trusting Him to do the right thing. Let me give you a a further definition of faith. Faith is believing God will, but trusting Him on the how. Faith is believing absolute certain that God will do what He should do, but we're trusting Him on the how. I don't know how God's going to do this. Mordecai is saying, who knows? Maybe God made you queen for such a time as this. But if you remain silent and you don't talk, you know what I know for sure? God's going to raise up deliverance for His people from somewhere else. Well, that's a powerful thought, isn't it? God is going to continue to accomplish His agenda on earth with you or without you. Of that, I am completely certain. I don't know how. I'm not so sure about that. I don't have the plan. I don't have the tactical plan. I don't have the strategy. I don't have the analysis. How many of you ever had God do something in your life and you thought, I would have never picked that way, but, come on, but God did it. I mean, that's not how I thought it was going to happen. But I'm glad it did. I I, I didn't I, I would have chosen something else. I, how, how many of you would be honest enough to say you've actually missed some of the great things God's done in your life because it was in a different way than you thought? Anybody? But you look back, that's the hindsight. Oh, I didn't know. Faith. It's believing God will, but trusting Him on the how. I I don't know how. I don't know what he's going to do. Mordecai believed God would deliver the Jews, but he wasn't sure how it would happen. Would that be through Esther? Or would it arise from another place? So Mordecai gives Esther a choice. Live your destiny. This may be your very purpose in life. And maybe you're God's person of the hour. It's like a challenge to step up and let God use you for the purpose He intended. One thing that we say oftentimes in Christianity, but I feel like when we say it, it's an incomplete sentence. We say, God has a wonderful plan for your life. Yes, He does. I believe that with all my heart. But just because He has a wonderful plan for your life, doesn't mean you'll follow it. You could not follow it. You could do something else. You could could go for option B. You could could call in sick. You could do something different. See, His plan for us is an invitation to join Him and to participate and to live destiny. It's not a case a ra moment. Whatever will be, will be. God's invitation is carp-dm. Seize the day. Breaking points will reveal destiny and purpose and we find out in those moments what we're about and what we'll die for and what we're made to do. Now I want to ask the worship team if you'd come this morning and and as we sort of zero in on how how God will apply this to your life. Let's just talk for a minute on how, how this applies to you. The main point this morning is really this. God is alive and working in the world. His plan of redemption and deliverance is unfolding. And like Esther, you and I have been invited to be part of it. We're not guaranteed a part in it. It's not a a sealed up deal. We've been invited. But that doesn't mean that we'll, we'll be in. We have a choice to make as Esther did. God's inviting us to be part of something much, much bigger than we are. And what I want you to see this morning is, here's what's going to happen. Captives are going to be set free. People who are brokenhearted are going to be comforted. The good news is going to be preached to the poor. Bondages are going to be broken and the lost are going to be found. And people will find relationship with God. And the nations on the earth are going to hear of His name. And the kingdom is going to advance. And darkness is going to give way to the light. And salt is going to become salty. And lives will be lived like Jesus. And Christ will be represented in the world. And the victory will be won. And Christ will return. All of that is 100% certain. The question on the table is, will you be part of it or not? That's the question. All of that stuff's guaranteed. It will happen. This is what Mordecai was saying. God will raise up from another source. Will you and I be part of it? What if, now I want you to just think about this, particularly those of you who, who, who are struggling, who we're going to pray for today, who we're going to pray for tonight, particularly those of you who say, but you don't know what's happening in my life. You don't know the challenges that I face. You don't know the news that I got. You don't know, you don't know the weight on me. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm doing. You're 100% right. You don't know what happened to me in childhood. You don't know the broken pieces in my life. You don't know what I'm... Moving through. You don't know. You don't know. (laughs) You can't be more right. I don't know. I'm not even sure it's important that I know. What is important is. That all of this weight. All of this challenge and limitation. And crisis. And frustration. That was set at Esther's feet. was not in any way caused by God, but was used by God. For what? For her faith. Do you think after she walked by and saw Haman hanging from the gallows in Persia, that her faith wasn't strengthened? that God is a provider and next time she's probably not saying maybe next time she's saying yes do you think that wasn't a moment of a breaking point for her it wasn't a breakthrough in her faith a breakthrough in her relationship with God a, a point that made her the woman of God that God always wanted her to be but it wasn't just that look, look it wasn't just that it was a breakthrough for the Jewish nation What I'm saying to you is God has interconnected and wrapped together your faith breakthrough, your breaking point, your moment with a destiny that connects to His plan. For more than you. You you might be at work and say, I feel so compelled. I know we're not supposed to talk about this, but... I feel so constrained by the Holy Spirit, and you put your phone down and you get off your laptop and you look at the person across from you and say, "Listen, I, we've worked together for a couple of years, and I don't know if this is appropriate or not, but I feel so so strong that I should just tell you that God loves you. He's real. If there's any way I can help you. I would be glad to do that. It's a moment, it's a moment. Where you say, despite the odds, despite the differences, maybe God put me here for such a time as this. And there's a choice to be made in that moment. And that choice determines so many things. It determines your faith. It determines your destiny. It determines your purpose. God never works. We oftentimes say, you know, nobody sins in a vacuum. Can I tell you this? Nobody suffers in a vacuum either. Your challenges and limits in your life that you're pressing against don't just have to do with you. They have to do with those around you. They have to do with those you work with. They have to deal with the cosmic and grand plan of God to set the captive free. God's not just working on you. He wants to work through you. But He can't work through you if He's not working in you. And the way He works in you is you say... It's a whole lot of maybe, isn't it? Breaking point is a moment that requires some risk, but it's also a moment that reveals some destiny. Every time I take that step of faith and I say, I am not sure what will happen, but I believe that this is what God wants me to do. When I take that step the door cracks open a little bit wider in what it is that God has me on earth for. And I can see a little bit clearer and a little bit closer. And I begin to function a little bit more in the plan of God and in, in, the, in the context of my relationship with Him. So would you stand with me this morning? And what I'm asking you today is this. If our prayer team would come, and if you just close your eyes with me for a minute, and let's go to prayer. What I'm asking you this morning is, how do you think the challenge you're facing looks from heaven? In other words, what perspective does God have on your challenge? Does He just see your suffering? Does He just see your limitation? Does He just see what you're going to... Yes, yes, He sees all of that. But how does He see it? Does He see it as a trigger to open something else? Does He see it as a, as a catalyst to move things along in the kingdom of God in His grand plan? Yes! This moment, this moment right here that you're in, you might be here because... God put you here for this time. There are some things happening in this time that might not be an opportunity again, might not be available later. But this moment of destiny, so here's what I want you to do. Every eye closed in the room, let's go to prayer today, and here's what I want to invite you to do. If you're here this morning and you say, I I have, I need a breakthrough. I have a challenge. I have a limit. I have a crisis. I need a breakthrough. I'm struggling. I'm suffering. I'm hurting this morning. My heart is hurting. I'm struggling at work. I'm struggling trying to find that place. I always thought I would be in a different place than I am today. I always thought I'd have a different job. Or my relationships would be working out differently. Or something would be different in my life. And I need a breakthrough today. I need a breakthrough in my body. I'm facing sickness. I'm struggling. I'm facing facing these things. I'm facing fear. I'm facing whatever it is you're facing today. And you say, I need a breakthrough. Can I tell you something? God has you for such a time as this. And breakthrough is ready. Breakthrough is here. Breakthrough is coming. But it's coming not only for your good, but for the good of those around you. So I'm going to encourage you today. If that's you, would you just lift your hand and say, today I need a breakthrough. Today I need a breakthrough. Come on, just lift your hand up. Today I need a breakthrough of some kind. Any kind. Yeah, I see your hands? Yeah. Come on. Come on, keep lifting them up. I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. Come on, takes a little risk breakthrough requires the breaking point requires a little bit of risk it requires a little bit of step out it requires a little bit of i'm not going to be stuck here i'm not going to let the enemy uh, discourage me or make me afraid i'm not going to respond necessarily from my own past or life or personality yes i need a breakthrough lift that hand high again yes i need a breakthrough come on yes lift that hand up yes i need a breakthrough today I'm going to pray for you and as the worship team begins to sing man I want you to come in agreement this morning our prayer team is ready to pray with you I want you to come into agreement in faith and let's ask God to do what he's doing in us and through us Lord I thank you today for the power of your word for the power of the stories we hear today for the moment of faith for the moment of risk for the moment of breakthrough today Lord as we've raised our hands and said yes to you Yes, God. You see me. You know me. Lord, meet me here in this moment. Lord, I thank you for this moment of power and faith. As the worship team begins to sing, would you just come now and and just, just let someone agree with you today. Let someone agree with you for this moment. Like Mordecai agreed with Esther. Come into agreement today. Come on, if you lifted your hand, come now and let's pray.